The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on, guys? Happy Thursday. This is Zach, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. The boy stole my show. He stole it. You heard that. It was pretty legendary. The the MRP has been officially taken over by Zach. Not really. We're not letting him have the solo mic. Not yet. Spoiler us. That's the name. We have not graduated to solo episodes quite yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, no, I think I'm definitely getting better with the old... uh, Speaking English thing. Speak, yeah, words, words, all the words. So we are coming at you guys live a little episode together because we want to share a bit more about training, workouts, intensity, just kind of making the most of the sessions in the gym. And this is a conversation that honestly, Zach and I have every day, every other day. It's, it's shocker. Yeah. It's something that we talk about a lot. I mean, obviously both of us are very, very deep into our own fitness journeys and we've learned so much over the course of, I would even say, honestly, like the last five years right yeah and i think it's really nice because it's like yeah we learned a lot from like our education and courses that we took but like also with the amount that we talk and it, talk to people yeah, and, and learn things well and... no just like even each other like oh, how yeah. much we talk and learn from just each other and then apply that to our clients like that's just oh my gosh goes, comes full full circle yeah and i feel like i learned a ton like from him too like i i mean obviously i know a lot so does he but like bouncing ideas off each other oh my gosh try this do that what if you move your foot a little bit to the left to the right like we can totally nerd out about like even just like the the dynamics of you know your squat and how to there's there's so much that goes into training and we want to be able to give a lot of that to you because there's no need for you to take five years ten years you know all this time to learn these skills and tips and tricks when there's so many different platforms out there to learn from and i always think back to like even old school bodybuilding and stuff i'm like where did these guys learn this just I mean, I was talking to some guy in the gym the other day and he was talking about getting the bodybuilding and I think he said like the nineties and just like only having access to magazines yeah, and like that's the, what I was thinking. yeah, like just like certain pieces of information when now it's like you can Google, find different resources, Freaking like everything. everything is at your fingertips. So there's really no excuse yeah, literally. <laughs> to why you can't do it. Literally. And it, I mean, it comes pros and cons too. Like it's awesome to have access to that much information. But also if you Google right now, like best way to grow muscle, I mean, a lot of the information I'm sure will line up, but there's also going to be so many articles that say so many different things where I will argue like most of them are probably true. It's, in my opinion, about finding what's going to work for you, what you are going to stick with, what you are seeing the best results with. And that may be a little bit different person to person. The fundamentals are going to stay the same, but being able to like learn from the two of us to, to make the most of our time in the gym, um, we want to deliver that to each of you. So for today's episode, we wanted to deliver some ways to just spice up your training in the gym to really make the most of your time in there. And if you want to get a little bit more specific on this too, I did an episode uh, a couple of months back at this point with kind of the same gist, but more so the mindset piece of like elevating that time, that focus. Today's episode is going to be a lot more about like the practicality, the physical changes that you can make, what you can do in the gym, especially if you're getting a little bored of your training, throw a couple of these bad boys in there and you're going to really spice it up, really bring up that intensity. So Zach, you want to start us off? So the first one that we wanted to bring up isn't necessarily something that's going to spice up or like (laughs) necessarily like be uh, uh, something that's really like mentally stimulating. But when it comes to making your 
overall workout a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. We've heard of progressive overload. I think everybody and their mother at this point has heard well, that term. Pause, because not everyone. Okay. Give, give a brief, just a brief, like, what is progressive overload? So just taking in mind, like, uh, recent lifts that you've done with, like, especially, like, your compound or, like, bigger lifts and making sure that you're advancing that uh, week to week. So when you think progressive overload, you making think – Making it harder. Yeah, making it harder, but just strictly with the weight or load that you're using. So the point that I want to make mm-hmm. is you can use the same load, but if you manipulate the joint differently, you're going to add more stimulation to, say, the quad. So something to, like, keep in mind is it's going to take your quad a lot more um, overall – muscle fiber and just like effort yeah like effort elevating your heels adding in more knee flexion um if it's in the same spot with the same load versus just doing that um like with your feet or heels on the ground right so essentially you're saying like making it harder because progressive overload is like make the shit harder like that 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 sums up progressive overload there's a number of different ways to do it zach's kind of talking like and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm trying to like visualize. Too. I don't know if you guys are doing the same as you're listening to this, but like let's take a squat, for example. Mm-hmm. And there's a few different joints obviously involved. You're bending at the hips, you're bending at the knees. Like you're saying, instead of like tacking on more weight to the barbell, instead focus on like the ways that your knees essentially are bending and the angles that they're bending at to make it harder that way instead. Yeah. So pretty much okay. like the uh, how much manipulation you're putting at the knee joint rather than just the load itself. Okay. So by essentially Which make it doing, way more on your quads too. Like yeah, exactly. That, so example. if you're doing say a squat and your you know your heels are slid back at six inches versus they're using the same weight but sliding heels slightly further back, mm-hmm. you'll add in, uh, increased knee flexion and add more stimulus to the quad right. without necessarily increasing the weight. Right, which I think is a really great thing to do too. If you're at a point, I was just talking to a client about this earlier, that's why it's on my mind, but if you're at a point where you're like, I can't go heavier, like I'm just at a point where, you know, my my squat is not progressing, I'm stuck at 135, I'm stuck at 155, or if you're Zach, you're stuck at 500, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I can't go heavier yet, yet, right? Like it'll happen, but instead make it harder by like zach said slide your feet a little bit this way a little bit that way put more stress on your quads to get more out of the exercise still at 135. i just wanted to point out that it's probably closer to 700 but not 500. that is absurd that is like i just we were actually talking about this the other day this is unrelated zach was benching 315 for 14 <laughs> i don't know 14 something. reps a stupid amount of reps and we were saying we're like what would happen i was saying this i'm like what would happen if you just placed that weight like I was on the bench, I had my arms up ready to go, and you just like put that bar in my hand. Zach goes, "How long do you think you'd be able to hold it for?" No, I said, "I'm over like, are you?" Last I'm like, "Are you kidding?" I'm like, "There would be no hold as soon as that weight hit the my, the palms of my hands, it would be on my chest." Like, good night. Anyway, not the point. The point being, with that joint manipulation, I will say Zach too. I mean, Zach has a lot more, and you could speak to this, a lot more experience than I do as far as like the rehab recovery space of fitness. Right from like past jobs. Yeah, just and- working in sports medicine and just like corrective exercise. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Corrective exercise. So he's a little bit more apt to like, okay, adjust this there and you'll place more stress here kind of deal. So if you're, I'm putting you on the spot here, if you're a beginner or maybe not a beginner, but you're, you know, in the first couple of years of lifting, I would suggest not to just start changing the position of your feet. Like we don't want to, you know, cause any injury here. What is something that someone could like take from this episode and be like, okay, if I want to make my squat a little harder today, I'm going to do blank. Make it a little bit harder. I would say even just for, adding for a, that joint manipulation. Yeah, I would I would just say like even increasing uh, or putting a band around your knees isn't necessarily joint manipulation, but just adding 
especially if you're somebody that's knees are caving in, especially like the bottom of the squat as you're mm -hmm. coming up, that's just going to help uh, the external rotators, your hips, um, and make sure you're lifting efficiently and not putting a lot of stress like on your lateral meniscus mm -hmm. and low back and tight hips and all that kind of stuff. Okay. No, so rather than like manipulating your squat stance so much, like adding in excess, yeah, like different yeah. resistances and things like that, rather than, like I said, just like increasing the weight to increase right. the weight. Because sometimes too, when you do just increase the weight to increase the weight, one form sometimes gets a little compromised, but even if form is great, I don't know about you, but like I lose a lot of that mind muscle connection. I mean, I think most people do as it starts to get like, holy shit, this is really heavy kind of deal. So I think it, I like this and you've kind of trained me to do this, but finding ways to make it harder, almost essentially where the weight is lighter, but like, I feel my quads more, I feel my glutes more. And it's like, you got to almost get over that ego a little bit where I'm like, shit, I'm not lifting a whole lot in the gym, but it's doing more for me than if I were to just tack on more weight to the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like that for joint manipulation. You've also been really big on like the heel elevated squats lately too. That's just for like more quad emphasis, right? Yeah. Between that and just like prior ankle injuries and, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to take precaution, <laughs> but also again, just trying to add increased um, muscle fiber recruitment, more knee flexion to the quad. Yeah. And to that point too, like be prepared for it to get harder. It's, it's going to feel harder. It's going to feel weird. Do not, you know, put your max weight on the bar and then try to manipulate the angle of your knees bending or add a plate under your heels. Like don't just assume it'll feel the same. It's going to be harder. It should be harder. So I would almost recommend going a little lighter, test the water, see how we feel. And then start to kind of build from there because it's almost going to feel like an entirely different movement, even though it's like, hey, it's the same barbell squat I've been doing for months now, but it will get a lot harder and honestly a lot more effective. Another thing you can add to your workouts just to kind of spice things up a little bit and keep you keep you, keep you you entertained, if you will, but just keep you really locked in and, and get the most out of your session, drop sets and supersets. You guys have heard me talk about these many, many times. A superset, we'll kind of start with the basic. Superset is doing two exercises back to back. Um, I would not, this is me talking to pass me, do not superset everything. Zach, how about it? This was I. Yeah, I would say <laughs> making sure that you're giving, especially like, again, your compound movements, your bigger squats, deadlifts, bench, um, pull-ups, anything like that, you're giving it enough time or ATP regeneration, which is basically the energy. storage that's mm -hmm. in your, your muscle <clears throat> or energy, I should say. And making sure that you're giving it sufficient time so you have the best effort going with those movements in particular. So, right. yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're somebody that's really, really uh, limited on time, uh, you're trying to burn a lot of calories in your workouts, supersets and drop sets are a really efficient way to burn more calories Wait, overall. Wait, let's cover like what it is first. What? Before like the benefits of it. Supersets. Supersets. So doing two exercises consecutively with no rest in between. Right. I don't know if I said that. I, I think you did. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. <laughs> but I was trying to say too, like I used to superset everything, everything. Why? Because I'm like, I'll just do more. I'll just do more. I'll squat and then do jumping lunges and then I'll Bulgarian split squat with step ups with an RDL. I'll get a tricep in there. Like I'll do all three because I just thought the more I can add to my lift, the better results I would see. The more muscle I would grow. Duh, like more more work, more growth. It's, it doesn't work like that. And to Zach's point, hundred percent, if you're doing a compound movement where like the goal is to go up in weight, right? Progressive overload. We're trying to get heavier and you're squatting straight into like sets of 25, you know, squat jumps, you know, your legs are fatiguing 10 times faster. We're like, you're now going back into your set of squats, barbell squats, and you're more tired. So like, you're not going to go up 
in weight as much as you would if you just chilled the fuck out and rested. And I used to be horrible with this. Like I would be bouncing around the gym for two hours, supersetting everything. So I have learned, Zach has yelled at me many a times to slow down to time of my rest. But yeah, supersets are going to be back to back. Uh, Drop sets are a little bit different. So a drop set is going to be the same exercise where you will do, let's say 10 reps. And then after those 10 reps are done, you immediately drop the weight, meaning you lower the weight, you decrease the weight, and you perform another amount of X reps. So it could be like 10 drop 10. So you'll do 10 reps, you'll lower the weight down, and you'll do 10 more reps. It's going to be hard. That is a lot more of the endurance side of things. It's a lot more blood flow to the muscle. It's freaking hard as hell, depending on what exercise it is that you're doing. But drop sets are a great way to just get a little bit more volume in there. Um, and really honestly, like burn out whatever muscle group it is. Yeah. And I would just say to that point, just making sure that you're dropping, I would say like 25 to 50%, yeah. like with each drop. Yeah. I mean, if you drop like 5%, 10%, it's like, you can get some good reps, but I would just make sure if like overall, you're trying to still stay within Hypertrophy ranges like sets of twenty um, without exceeding going into like right. endurance training. Um, I would I would go for more of that like twenty five to like thirty five percent. Yeah, when you're when you're doing the drop set, meaning you did your your six six reps super heavy, like that you should still be going as heavy as possible for the first part. The second part is like substantially lighter and a lot more reps. You're not doing six reps and then another six reps. You're doing six reps heavy as fuck. And then 25, 20 reps, 15 reps, something like that with a much lighter weight. So if you are someone who is doing, that's say. That's not always the case, I would say. No? Like, you're not always going to be doing a drop set that's 20. Oh, I like to do it. I like well, to do it like I'm that. I'm saying. It's different for each case. But I would say, like, again, staying in, like, the hypertrophy range, like, you're going more into, like. Endurance. Endurance training. I guess I just, point. I like that higher that's volume. That's I'm always, saying. yeah, that's always where I'm at. I always liked whenever I drop set, like the second, eh, actually, I guess you're right. Sometimes it will be like 10 drop 10. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're just yeah. like working different muscle fibers when you start to get up there as far as like oxidative, oxidative right. and aerobic, anaerobic. Yeah. 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 So, so it doesn't always, okay. Take it back. Take it back. Yeah, you can, back. I mean, there's not, and, and that's where like you'll find articles and stuff too, where it'll tell you every drop set needs to be, you know, six reps straight into double. You have to do 12. Like, no. You know what I mean? Sometimes it can be more, sometimes it could be less. So you got to really find what works for you. Hence me kind of going on my rant. Like I like a little bit higher volume for that drop set for that second set. Uh, But what I was saying too, is if the weight that you're using is very, very light, AKA you're doing lateral raises with five pounds, like that's not because you're new, you're getting used to things, you're getting formed down. That's not the exercise you would drop set because we're going to go from five pounds to zero pounds. Like there's not enough weight to drop. Yeah. And I would say, especially like a beginner in particular, um, if your goal, especially like you're newer to weights, I would say just focusing on higher reps. So like higher rep ranges, like 12 to 20 and like really focusing on like each phase of the lift is more important than necessarily like getting right into drop sets and supersets and compromising right. form first. So really establish your foundation first. Yes. You can still get a really good intense workout. Um, but just making sure that you're not compromising form at any point. Yeah. These are for the, you've been lifting for some time. You feel comfortable in the gym. You feel comfortable what you're doing. You're increasing the weight and you're like looking for a little bit more of a challenge without necessarily going up, right? That progressive overload component. So drop sets are still a form of progressive overload. Really everything that we talk about today, it's, it's essentially making an exercise, making your lift, making your training harder. So I love these two. I always try to do at least one to two supersets, um, usually more with those like accessory movements kind of towards the end of my lift. Another spicy 
whatever you want to call it. Another <laughs> that's good, a good word. Another, Spice up your training. Just get out of here. Another way to intensify. intensify oh, that's a good one. Intensify. Intensify. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, I had to think about my English there. Deal. Um, intensify <laughs> your workouts is something called a rest pause set. So yeah. the idea behind a rest pause set is if you're taking like your normal, say, top set of eight with, say, quote unquote, 185, you're going to be able to move the overall amount of weight. So the amount of times that you're doing it times the amount of load that you're doing more times with the rest pause. So essentially what the rest pause is, if you're doing eight reps with the bench, you're resting after your eight reps, pausing for 10 seconds and then going again. Now, again, if you're doing like a bench press, I would do this like assisted, but for like any machines, this is just a good way to, again, overall move more weight, like more volume, more, of that yeah, weight. more volume of that weight uh, than you normally would. So break it down. I, I like visuals because I'm a visual person. Let's do pull-ups, for example, because I know you and I have done rest pause sets for pull-ups. It is brutal on the lats and the mm -hmm. upper body. So I'm jumping up for my set of pull-ups. Do you do it based on, and I'm just kind of asking questions as a listener right now. Um, I could probably answer them, but I'm going to mm -hmm. get everyone to kind of explain here. So I'm doing pull-ups, right? Do I jump up with the intention of hitting a certain amount of reps? Is it like I go till failure for the first one? Like how, what would that look like? Well, I mean, with pull-ups in particular, I would go till failure, but again, I would just be wary of if your goal is building muscle, I would make sure you're not going into a endurance phase again. So not exceeding necessarily more than 20 reps. I don't really know if you're going like, to with like a pull up going to be exceeding. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's do something. Bicep curls. Because okay. bicep curls, you're not really like, it's not to more of like that failure standpoint. So yeah. bicep curls, do I go in for my first set? Like, okay, I got to hit eight. I got to hit 10. I got to hit 12. Like what would I do? Well, usually for arms and legs, because mm -hmm. they're a little bit more and more oxidative or just get more oxygen as it is. I like to go a little bit more higher volume when it comes to reps anyway. So I would go anywhere from 12 to again, like max 20 reps within mm -hmm. that range failing within that uh within, that range, within yeah. that range and then resting for the 10 and then using that same weight again for like those quote-unquote force reps and you do that how many times the sets after mm -hmm. as it? many as possible okay yeah so it's able like you like normally you would say get only 14 because you just failed that first set right but now you're getting 16 with those right. extra two reps and then you wait another 10 and you get an extra two on that next set right. so oh, overall these are so freaking hard guys these are these are a killer if you want to take one thing out of this episode and like go apply it to your workout today do this so essentially what zach's saying you grab your i don't know 20s yeah. for bicep curls because it's a weight like for me 20 pound bicep curls i can probably fail i'll go 25s i can probably fail within like 10 to 12 reps mm -hmm. so i'll grab my 25s i'll get to 11 and I'm like absolutely gassed can't get that 12th rep up which is fine so I'm now standing there and you, well you can put the weight down but yeah. and you've got 10 seconds mm -hmm. and this is cool to do with a partner too because then you don't have to like drop the weight grab a timer check your watch you just like your partner as soon as you're done your partner like hits the go we got 10 seconds 7 8 9 10 as soon as that 10 seconds is up you're grabbing the same weight so not like a drop set you're not grabbing a lighter weight you're grabbing the same weight and you're going again you're going to see how many reps you can do Obviously, as I'm a little bit tired, I'm probably not going to get another 11, 12, but like I might get like six or seven, mm -hmm. which is fine. Cool. Awesome. As soon as I'm gassed, I'm failing. I put those dumbbells down. My partner hits go. I have 10 seconds and I repeat again. So I would probably get like five or six again, or maybe mm -hmm. like four or three. And you want to do that until like your borderline, you know, not picking up the dumbbells anymore. Yeah. And I would honestly say too, a lot of the times if you're say <clears throat> doing force reps, it takes a lot of stabilization mm -hmm. to just handle heavy weight as it is so if you're doing that with like a barbell movement or a dumbbell movement 
it's going to be a little less optimal in the sense of like isolation and kind right. of increasing risk of injury. So I would save like rest pause sets for still like more like compound movements, just more in like fixed planes or like machines or cables. Like press. Right? Yeah. Just like, like even to, like extensions would be killer yeah, for course, this. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Anything mm -hmm. where it's like like less stabilization, fixed position. Right. Um, just again, so you don't have to work so much on like stability like stabilization and risk of injury. Cause think about how tired you're getting during those, like, cause you're, you're going, you're going for a good chunk of time. And that 10 seconds is pretty much like you re-rack the bar, you take a breath and it's like three, two, one, and you're kind of going again. So even if you are trying to do this for something like a squat, I would recommend trying it on the Smith machine. Something again, that's a little bit more fixed, like Zach was saying, rather than super taxing everything in your body, trying to stabilize yourself for additional reps of squats. But rest pauses are, ooh, yeah, they're brutal. They're brutal. Yeah, the risk of injury just gets higher, especially in those like forced failure sets after your first set. Yeah, especially when you're Zach and you're squatting 600 pounds for a rest pause. The rest of us normal, average, mm. non-superhero folk are dumbbell curling like 20 pounds, not like 600. So uh, that's where you can really manipulate your body. And, and again, it's the same bicep curl you've been doing for years. But like, wow, you got so much more out of doing a set like that uh, versus just three sets of 10. Like you might see, you know, on the good old internet, but definitely give those rest pauses a try and tag us when you do, because we're right there alongside you dying, dying in the gym with these types of sets. And last but not least, a uh, last way to intensify, not spice up because that's, we're not using that word anymore. Intensify your training is going to be tempo work and really just paying attention to your time under tension, which in my opinion is one of the best ways as well to focus on progressive overload when you feel like you cannot go any heavier. Cause we will all hit that point. We all hit a point where like the lift, it cannot increase in weight. So we got to slow it down. I will also say time under tension and tempo work are two of the most, which I mean, it's the same thing, but just two different ways to say it. The most beneficial way or the most important way to get the most out of working out from home. Like hands down, if you are at home, if you are limited to X amount of dumbbells or X amount of weight, you don't have a ton, you're going to get strong enough to the point where like the dumbbells you have feel kind of light. And then you have an option. Okay. Either a, I go buy a bunch more dumbbells, which I don't know, can get a little pricey or you focus on something like time under tension and just drastically slow everything down. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, no, I would say, especially people who are beginners. I mean, even people that are advanced, but for like just overall joint stability and mm -hmm. just creating like a stable foundation, eccentrics in particular, and just like exaggerating isometrics is an easy way to decrease again, risk of injury and make sure that your lifts are the most efficient. Mm -hmm. And then you can easily kind of check down like where the breakdown is, especially if you're thinking about like a squat, if you're focusing on a, say like we're exaggerating here a little bit, but like a five second eccentric, you can literally- Meaning you're going down on a five, four, yeah, three, negatives. two, one. Mm -hmm. um, so basically you can feel yourself, you know, at a certain point, if your ankle mobility doesn't allow it, like you feel your chest start to fall forward, right? So it's an easy way. And then you know to, you know, work on your ankle mobility, decrease the load, maybe put a plate underneath your ankles to, mm -hmm. you know, elevate your heels to assist that. Um, but just keeping those kinds of things in mind to decrease injury uh, with really, really exaggerating each, each phase of the lift. Absolutely. And the, all of these things, guys, are kind of like ways to think about, you know, better for you types of training that isn't just going heavier. 
is really kind of how we're summing things up here because it's going to be harder. You're going to get more out of it, but you're not risking this crazy injury or terrible form or just this crazy ego of like, I have to go heavier today. I have to hit a PR when the reality is you're probably not getting a lot out of that session. If the only thing you're focusing on is just add more weight, add more weight, add more weight, add more weight. When you're first starting out, you probably can go up, you know, pretty strategically, pretty frequently throughout the weeks, but you'll hit a point where it's like, that's not really an option. So, okay, then what do we do? We don't just stop going to the gym. We don't just hit a plateau and, and call it quits. We focus on things like slowing down. So I always like to do, I mean, five second eccentric is, is like you said, kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I would suggest for anyone who's never done any sort of tempo work, uh, three second eccentrics is probably a good place to start. So thinking about something like the leg extension machine, you would kick your legs up. And then as they're coming down, you're slowing down on a three, two, one before they are actually back at that first starting position. You can also do pauses at the top or pauses at the bottom. So pause at the top of the leg extension. So your legs are locked out at the top, your quads are screaming, and then you come back down or something like Bulgarians. You pause at the bottom, at the deepest point of that split squat. Trust me when I say you're not going to need a lot more weight to really feel those. And it's a great way to just easily make it harder um, and challenge your body mentally and physically uh, without you know needing more weight, more equipment or anything like that. Yeah, I would say in particular too, if you're somebody that suffers from like uh, let's just say your knees caving in on a squat again, just mm -hmm. cause that's pretty common. Very common. If you were to enhance your single foot stability with single like exercises with, uh, like slow tempo work, tempo, tempo mm -hmm. work, <laughs> tempo work, it's going to translate really well. One, you're not going to need as much load. So it's not going to be as taxing on your central nervous system. So you're not going to need, you know, to deload as often, but also when you get back into your normal barbell squat, you're going to be a lot more efficient and moving well, because if you do have a, you know, compensation or a movement imbalance, you're able to, you know, coordinate that on us. It's a lot easier to think about one thing at a time versus doing it bilateral. So if you're thinking about a Bulgarian squat mm -hmm. assisted, especially if you're somebody who's a beginner, um, focusing on, you know, progressing that to eventually like unassisted to dumbbell to eventually, you know, working up to that barbell squat, you're going to be a lot more efficient getting into that barbell squat, not even touching a barbell right. with using single leg and utilizing tempo, temp, temple, tempo work, <laughs> the, te the temple work. Um, uh, yeah, Zach, Zach is, this is why I love working out with him too. It's, it's, I hated it at first. I'll be totally honest. And sometimes we, death we, 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 still, we still get at each other's throats in the gym from time to time. And it's as simple as I want to go. I want to do, I want to go faster. I want to go heavier. I want that's in my blood and not that he's not like that, but he's very good at reminding me like, go do your corrective exercises, go do this single leg, go do this warm up. And I'm like rolling my eyes. Like it's so boring, but it's so important. It's so important from injury prevention to actually properly feeling the muscles engaging. I mean, even like something like uh, hip thrust that I was doing a couple of weeks ago, I kept telling him like, I'm just not feeling my glutes in my hip thrust. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not my hamstrings, my adductors. Like I just, they were horrible. You did one exercise with me at the start of my lift to like mm -hmm. actually activate my glutes. And I'm like, huh, yeah. would you look, look at that. Yeah. So a lot of people who have, I mean, ankles and shoulders are probably one of the most in injured uh, yeah. things in like sports or just like, like life. So it pretty much will throw off your brain's proprioception or just mm -hmm. like kind of the connection to your like glutes per se. Right. So a lot of the times when you're squatting or, uh, anything, you're not necessarily 
working in that movement pattern that's going to bias like glute activation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times it's going to take like rewiring and strengthening your external rotators and strengthening intrinsic foot, all those types of things to like enhance and make sure you're like getting back to actually like feeling movements like that. Yeah. And if you're like me, you're like snooze. Like I don't want to do that, but it, no, it's, it's so important. And I, every time he tells me to do it, I roll my eyes, like literally every time, but it freaking works again. It's getting harder by essentially going easier, right? Like this, a single leg glute bridge on the floor with a band around my knees is a relatively easy exercise, but it gives my mind muscle connection, like a chance to actually work and activate my glutes. So when I want to go hip thrust a small village, like I can feel it in my glutes and I'm not just getting the weight up for the sake of getting the weight up or what he's saying, squatting for the sake of, I bent down and I stood back up, but like none of the right muscles are working. Uh, that's where I think I, even from a client standpoint, like people get the most frustrated cause they're like, shit, I'm in the gym five days a week. I'm working out all this. I'm sweating. I'm doing this, but like nothing's changing. And I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of it comes back to that. Yeah. I think it comes down to, are you feeling the muscle that you're supposed to feel? And I think that comes down to what we first talked about with joint manipulation, because mm-hmm. you can also manipulate it to where you're not using the muscles that you're trying to focus on, or you're biasing a stance to feel it in certain, you know, muscle groups or biasing different things. So that is something that can also enhance, but also be something that, you know, isn't, not necessarily your downfall, but not in your best interest per se. Right. Right. And, and there's a lot to this too. Like I said, him and I have been training for, I mean, decades at this point. And, And there's still so much that we're still learning. We're still growing. We're still trying to figure out. And if you can apply any of this to your next training session, you're ahead of the game absolutely are. Or maybe you've already been doing something like this and you're like, yep, you're not in your head. Like, I love that. I, you know, I, I love adding supersets to the end of my workout, like finding what works for you, where you can genuinely enjoy that time in the gym. And then you walk out of the gym saying like, whatever body part you were just supposed to hit, like that hurts. That's good. That's pumped. I like did what I needed to do. Not I hit a leg day and the only thing that hurts and the only thing I feel is my lower back. Because at the end of the day, that's when I think people start to spin their wheels and get frustrated with not seeing results. It's like the intensity is there, but like the intent of what they're actually doing is is missing the mark. Do you kind of agree? Yeah, I would even say just like precision, like yeah. what what you're doing. And it can, that's, I think, the most frustrating part. And I think the part that why most people quit is because when you are putting in the time and not seeing the reward for that time, it's, you know, obviously it sucks. Yeah. It's frustrating, it's frustrating as hell. So it's like anything you want to, you want to benefit from the work that you're doing and not just a little bit either. You don't want to go six years and be like, I kind of got a little stronger. It's like, no, I want to feel the way I think I should feel. And it comes down to like, okay, are you actually doing what's necessary and what's required to see those results, to grow your glutes, to grow your legs? Uh, it takes a lot. It, it does. And it takes a lot of time, but you got to make sure you're at least doing the right things during that time. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Anything else you would add to spice up your training in the gym? Make it spicy? Bring you there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Light me up. All right. Well, I will let you guys get on with the rest of your Thursday. But (laughs) hopefully this was helpful. Like we said, covered joint manipulation, progressive overload, drop sets, supersets, time under tension, rest pause. If you have any questions at all about any of these training tactics, you want to know if you're doing it right. Like Zach and I are so happy to help. We want to help. That is, that is the purpose of this show. That is the purpose of us totally nerding out and here with you. We could talk about these things forever. So please feel free to shoot either one of us a message, shoot us a DM. We are happy to help answer anything that you have and continue to help you kick some ass in the gym. So enjoy the rest of your lovely Thursday and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.